And welcome to the latest edition of the Meltzer Five Star Project here within the mothership of pro wrestling podcasting that is Let Me Tell You Something. This is the series where your co-host, me, Lorcan Mullen, and my other co-host, Simon Cross, talk about a match that Dave Meltzer was rated five stars or higher. With this one, we weren't a bit sure. We were badinaging back and forth as to whether this was officially a five star or not according to Dave Meltzer's brain or Dave Meltzer's eyes or Dave Meltzer's writing, because this was the only match on the card in question that he bothered to give a rating. But we're going to go with it. What the hell? It's something slightly different. Although it does involve (laughs) two people that were just in a five-star match. I was going to say, it's somewhat different. But in a different promotion. So, Simon, what match are we talking about today? We are talking about the Lucha Bros... Uh, our aforementioned recent five-star participants, taking on Rio del Valkingo and Laredo Kid. Mm. So, El Rio del Valkingo, I'd heard quite a few positive things about, and I can see why from watching this match. And Laredo Kid, I was also aware. I think we might have already... Wasn't he in that Mexican trios match that got five stars in PWG? So I think we've already seen him in this before. Possibly. But my first note to you when I watch this in our little WhatsApp back and forth, sometimes it's a support network, sometimes it's a starting point for debate. Some Very often it's just a what's your fantasy football team for the week. <laughs> or memes. Yeah, yeah. Memes that really both of us have probably already seen, but we still assume the other one hasn't. <laughs> hey, have you heard of this hip new band, The Beatles? Anyway, we are... Uh, Talking about a match involving the Laredo Kid and El Hijo del Valkingo against the Lucha Bros in Triple A. Now, have we ever covered a Triple A for the five stars? I think we have. That eight man tag was Triple A. I think the One Worlds Collide match as well, which was Los Gringos Locos against El Hijo del Santo. Yes, that would have been Triple A. Yeah, sure yeah, that. yeah. Because there's always there's Triple A and there's CMLL. Yeah. Triple uh, A is usually like the, the flashier one, but the, it's not necessarily as well regarded for the quality of pro wrestling. Whereas CMLL is, I suppose, maybe the AEW to Triple A's WWE, if there's as close to a not a, not a one for one comparison. To put it one way, the New Japan the Young Lions are sent to CMLL to work. They're not sent to Triple A to work. Yeah, this is a fascinating view into what modern Mexican wrestling is presented as, at least on AAA. And one of the first notes, again, that I sent you was, this reminds me of watching the World Cup in South Africa. Oh, so many horns. Yes. Not Vuvuzelas, though. I It looked like it was classic 90s air horns. Yeah. It makes for an atmosphere. I liked how, like, charged the arena was. Do you wish you could have heard them over the horns, though? <sighs> I know what you mean. I think that's a sound that's a sound quality issue. Uh, I wouldn't want to like curtail the crowd by any stretch of the imagination. Yeah, what's fascinating with Mexican crowds is they seem to always be at a certain fever pitch. It's almost like a combination of crowds in a wrestling video game 
and the piped-in audio when the WWE are in the Thunderdome. <laughs> but it's real. It's actually what they're behaving like. Yeah. It's, uh... But, uh, there's like a... Ch- oh, I've, said it before, I've said it already, the word, but there's like a charged energy to it. There is like an elect... Like, to use a cliche, an electric atmosphere. They... Mm. Well, you you were, before we recorded, made certain uh, stereotypical suggestions about the Latin American people and where they're getting the source for this energy. <laughs> oh, that that reference. Yes. <laughs> no, I'm not saying it's that. I'm just saying there's, like, they feel You're not it. saying it's not that. I think they feel it, though, in their, like, well, soul, like, in their in their being. It just flows through them. One of the fascinating things I found out about Mexico is that they, as a country, more than any other country, absolutely love Coca-Cola. They're obsessed with it. Yeah. And I think it explains why pretty much every Mexican wrestling referee is a five-foot-four chubby bloke who can barely get to the ground in time. He looked like a mixture of an elderly southern gentleman, a TGI Fridays waiter, and... I don't know why. I, I I feel there was a little bit of the Kentucky Colonel about him. I think that's just the suspenders, though. Mm. I wonder if he was an ex-wrestler, though, because there seems to be quite a lot of prominence given to him at the start. He does a little strut midway yeah. through as well, which is very much pro-wrestler. I'll tell you one thing I do like, and I know they've done this before, is that before this match, they have the challengers and champions hold the belt up in a pose mm. with the referee. To signify this is a title match. I like that. There is a whole ceremony and long-held tradition to Mexican wrestling. Yeah. And it's just always been a culture that I wish I knew more about and I don't know enough about. And everything is always of a slightly different filter, a different ideology. I've always said it's almost like trying to watch Indian cinema, like the Bollywood cinema, which has a different idea of how long movies should be, what sort of tone movies should take, what genres they can be. There's a different framework. The idea of a a Bollywood movie is that it's almost like a five-course meal that's going to give you a bit of everything. Yeah. Which is not like Western cinema, which is more about working within genres and plot constructions and more, usually as post-method acting, a more realistic form of acting for the most part. Mm -hmm. Whereas Indian cinema is a lot broader. So the thing about Mexican wrestling is... In this match, at least, there feels like there is next to no psychology involved. <laughs> I said to you when I was watching it, it's like, I think we've gone straight into a finishing stretch. Yeah. <laughs> it, it did feel a little bit like finisher spam. I did notice that the match was, I felt, very much a vehicle for uh, Hio del uh, Vikingo. Did you think that because you hadn't seen him before? If you'd seen Vikingo before, and this was the first time you were seeing Ray Phoenix... Would you think it's a vehicle for Ray Phoenix? Because Phoenix is doing stuff you that just makes your jaw drop. But it's just, it's Ray Phoenix. Yeah, there's an element of the fresh, the new, the different. And also Vikingo stands out because he's the only one that's not masked as well. Yeah. He's really, like, you're right, he is insanely good. That sense, I don't know if it's a senton, I don't know if it's a splash, I don't know if it's a leg drop, but that top rope manoeuvre that he uses, I think it's whatever he feels like doing at the time, out of the three. Yeah, I think it was just a 6.30, really. Yeah. What seems to be his big calling card is the inside-outside, second-rope-to-top-rope jump. Yeah. That if he's going into the ring 
he's going on the second rope, leaping onto the top rope. So essentially having to move his feet and legs backwards in order to get onto the top rope correctly mm. and jumping on top. And then vice versa, if he's going to the outside, he starts out on the inside. His version of trying to do an acai moonsault would be to bounce off the second rope inside the ring first <laughs> before twisting around to do the moonsaults. And he could probably just about pull that off, I'd say. He must be very small. Because Pentagon's no more than 5'9". Oh, he looks massive in this, doesn't he? It is quite something when the 5'9", 5'10 guy is by far the biggest guy. And, as is always the case, the the least agile, but also maybe the most over with the crowd. Again, I guess you say, like, how it's finisher spam. It's also trademark spam. Like, (laughs) Pentagon will do the Sierra Miedo as many times as he can. Yeah. (laughs) Well, why not? It's working for him. It's one of those things. If other, if someone else taunted that much, possible exceptions, obviously the Young Bucks, it wouldn't really work. But he's got that X factor about him. He's he's compelling. I, I've said it before. That creepy weirdo that he is, I love him. <laughs> they don't play up the creepiness as much anymore. He is more of a fan favorite. But I do miss the Pentagon that just broke people's arms. Yeah, because he got a kick out of it. It's not really a babyface thing, so they've shelled it for now. But yeah, I love the arm breaker as a, as a maneuver. The Lucha Bros team now must be one of the most popular teams in the world. Yeah, and also one of the most decorated because they were coming into this as double champions, the Triple A R champions and the AEW tag champions, and this was for the Triple A R titles, which of course they were going to lose later on that week. <laughs> to what was the, what were their name what's the name translated as it was something like the lucha frogs or the great frogs Probably. or something like that but like i haven't seen it but doesn't as soon as they come out doesn't cm punk go well that's clearly ftr yeah <laughs> they don't do that thing uh other f- promotions do where it's like well who could these guys possibly be mm. it's like like not just punk but excalibur and tony and jim are all like yeah it's it's most likely them isn't it? it's them <laughs> yeah it's them and I, that was one of my other messages I sent you was... Uh, I was just sending you loads of messages. I was I was all alone. Uh, it was... Um, I think it'll be... In, I'm intrigued to see what these guys will be like in front of a AAAR crowd. Because... If they get there. If they get there. Because I do think... I was saying I, I wouldn't be surprised if what they set up with this angle was a title versus title match at full gear. And for the Lucha Bros to win it back because at the end of this match, after they successfully defend the titles, this was a big deal. I was looking it up. This is a uh, Dragon Lee or Ryu Lee, yeah, and Dragistico. I think his name is now. Which was I was reading. I was trying to figure out what it meant. They are brothers, okay? Dragistico is the older brother. Ah, uh... he was originally Dragon Lee. Then Mystico left to left CML. I think it was CML. To go to WWE as Sin Cara. Yeah. And he was then given the Mystico mantle. Like the, the mask and the name and everything. Yeah. So that meant Dragon Lee's name was gone. And he gave it to his younger brother. So his younger brother became Dragon Lee. But then eventually later this year he's no longer Mystico. Because obviously there is another Mystico. The original Mystico was back. Yeah. And so now he's Dragistico. But they did do the one thing that I've said, like one of the fundamental laws of pro wrestling. <laughs> Any luchador wearing a mask and a suit will always look badass. Oh, yeah. It's a hell of a suit as well. It's like one of them's wearing a grey number. 
against a gold mask, which really makes his mask stand out. But let's get back on to the match itself, because as I was saying, it's just a finishing. Like in the first minute, they could tag outside, but then they get in, and then it just goes. Yeah, yeah. The tag ro- the tag rule dissolves like a barocca. Well, in lucha, of course, you don't have to be tagged out to leave yeah. to be replaced. You just would have to leave the ring, which is probably why the referee doesn't bother getting up and down so much. Like he wouldn't figure out what's going on <laughs> well i think the ref is also like just every time thinking is it worth the impact of my knees to do this oh and his uh, a minor complaint his cadence sucks well i think that's the mexican cadence to be fair because i seem to recall when we watched the villano tres uh, against atlantis matt the the count rule there was also very uh, long iffy count well not iffy that's again it's just understanding the traditions of Mexican no, wrestling. No, 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 no. What I'm saying with this guy is I swear his count is faster at the start of the match than the end. I don't know if it's just exhaustion on his part, but I'm saying there is a cadence variance within the specific match by this referee. I don't recall that. I just recall it constantly being slow from start to finish. It's, it's hard to talk about that much. A, because I didn't take any notes, but B, because it just moves. What is fascinating, actually, because... I feel like if you're going to have a spot fest match that you're giving five stars, literally every spot has to go off flawlessly. And that doesn't happen in this match. There are a couple of moves that are screwed up. One big one in particular where Vikingo is on the shoulders of Laredo, I think, or vice versa. Yeah. And he falls off in a way that doesn't work. But they kind of improvise around it as best they can to turn it into a move but pentagon is just sort of standing there like i'm not sure what to do what's coming this way and they, yeah. they pull it off eventually but the thing that they're having to improvise it whilst doing the move as well i don't know if they're communicating with each other or because in lucha libre they are just kind of set movements for you know sequences sequences yeah they're, they're equivalent of a collar and elbow tie up headlock takedown head scissors but instead it's a running of the ropes into a tilt a world backbreaker or head scissors or arm drag that's the mexican equivalent of it mm. yeah like there's no like, jarring like oh that didn't go well mm. uh moments but what there is i think it's because they're trying to they're pushing the envelope all the time mm. You're going. It's not going to be as like smooth or as well practiced. Um, oh, it'll be smooth and well practiced. That's the whole point of lucha libre. For what these guys are doing, because I think these guys are trying to push the envelope further. Still, is my point. Mm. I was just again blown away by Vikingo. I don't really get where why he's a Viking, but then again, I've not seen any of his promos. Or to be fair, he's not a Viking. He's the son of a Viking. Yeah. So he might be a farmer. They might have settled down. <laughs> or you know Bruce Carlsberg or whatever yeah. he's like he's like a millennial moaning about the boomers that got to rape and pillage all the time and he's stuck in the <laughs> can't rape and pillage anymore mm. no no you can't oh <laughs> uh, you woke lefty snowflakes <laughs> with your anti-rape and pillaging propaganda ah uh, next you'll tell me I can't drink from the schools of my enemies Ah, it's gone mad, I tell you. Can't do anything these days. Ah, uh, and my granddaddy before me, he used to wear the horned helmets. Actually, we never wore horned helmets. Oh, shut up with your actuallys. Oh, Viking burials. Oh, they were a little bit rarer than normal. Ah, go away. 
There's a little um, Eddie Guerrero tribute at, at one point with the uh, frog splash as well. Well, um, yeah, I guess, yeah. I mean, originally that was Eddie Guerrero doing a tribute to Art Bar, so. Yeah. Oh, well, I just heard the term Eddie Guerrero on commentary. I'm like, oh. That but... is funny when you hear that occasionally. You hear AEW or Ring of Honor. Or, or, yeah. Or, or Young Bucks. I was like, oh, Young Buck is Young Buck in Spanish. But how funny is it that despite the reputation they have, the Young Bucks are the ones that sort of forced psychology and storytelling <laughs> onto another team? Yeah. It's funny, though. The way this is filmed and presented is kind of as frenetic as the match itself. Yeah, in the, it's very hard to keep stabilized. First of all, it's the six-sided ring as well, so you're already having issues with sort of perception of size and space, especially with the positioning of the hard camera and the infrequency that they go to the hard camera. Which is I was trying to remember where the hard camera was. You've caught me off guard, here. yeah. Well, this is one of the things with the hard camera. It's got the Tron in front of it. But the Tron the is constantly running adverts, which is yeah. really distracting. One of the adverts, are, when they pan to the commentators at one point, there's a banner with one of the same adverts behind it as well. So clearly, like, they're one of the main sponsors. Mm. You know, again, we just don't see a lot of, like, that obvious sponsorship in most of the wrestling we watch. Mm. So, again, it's, it's a different lens. It's just, that's how they do it. Fine. Do you wish you'd watch more? Like, if there was a well-presented half-hour package presentation of... AAAR or CMLL that came with like subtitles for promos and everything. Would you watch it? Yeah, subtitles possibly need English comms as well. Just so like if I join a feud midway through and I'm watching the match, like they can lay out some more stuff for me mm. in English commentary. Mm. I'm not opposed to like Lucha Libre. I don't think I could watch a lot of it. Yeah. It's like when you see a massive chocolate cake, I could eat a slice. I can't eat the whole cake. I, I, I will be sick. <laughs> it's got all the makings of... It's got so much of what you perceive to be great. Again, it's like how we were saying how all the styles have fused. And there's a lot of... Especially the Lucha Bros have a lot of strikes. There's several times when they do sort of sandwich kick spots on their opponents yeah. where they both come in with some sort of strike from both angles. And how that wasn't really something that you saw... You know, when we watched that Villano-Atlantis match, they were just doing cradles and submission holds essentially Mm. there are some cradles in this match there weren't really any submission holds that i could think of we know that pentagon can do them there was one cradle moment Mm. which was like portrayed as like a very close near Mm. fall Mm. i I guess that's like a link to the past kind of thing you know we were watching the dragon lee against bandido match in pwg and we said that was almost like a a hodgepodge of every style of wrestling that we've been watching in the throughout the five star match in in yeah. one match, and that's sort of what you're getting with this. Insofar as the high spot elements, the top ropes, the the strikes, the, the Spanish flies, sequencing the 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 dives to the outside. Yeah, I mean, is it maybe maybe Mexican wrestling would have gone that way without the influences outside from Japan and the US and just general wrestling. But it is curious to see where it's going. And then it makes you wonder, where does it go from here 20 years on? And I don't think it'd be much more different, to be honest with you. Because you, we were always associating Lucha Libre with high flying, even back when it was El Santo. It's just what El Santo was doing was a top rope dive to the outside. Yeah. But from, like, standing on the top rope. You know, not doing two jumps off of a springboard. Or doing a... Uh sort of slingshot for the ropes a la Ray Phoenix. So I wonder if you could argue that Mexico is 
the place of innovation more than anywhere else. So much of the Japanese junior heavyweight came from guys going to Mexico. Yeah. And and the influences of El Santo and Mil Mascaras and others. I'd say more than America. Has there been anyone more influential on American wrestling in this in the last twenty five years than Rey Mysterio? Probably not twenty five years. Uh, possibly not not in ring, no. Mm. No. I was gonna say in terms of like outside of ring and like what he did to create a hell of a character and a hell of a story and basically jumped start like kickstart the attitude era more I'm, i was going to say vince but that's like but he's a, not in in ring style that's not the art form of wrestling no i was just going like in terms of like a character presentation and you can say barry gordy is one of the most important influential figures in music because he started motown records yeah but that's an industry the art form you're looking at people like marvin gay and Stevie Wonder, mm. and Smokey Robinson. Well, I guess what with Rey Mysterio, it's that sign of like size not being an issue anymore. Yeah. Or, or that you, you can work a style that can realistically see a smaller person win any match because of the way you present their agility and, and speed. Also, lot like longevity, mm. considering the style he works. Well, Mexican, I think that's very impressive. Mexican wrestlers have an incredible ability to go on for 30, 40 years. Not yeah. necessarily any good for the last few years of those years, but they still mm. go. So what I'm saying, I think it might be because they don't do flatback bumps so much. That they're constantly rolling, essentially. Rolling around the place. They do say motion as lotion, but like, you look at Rega, I swear he's had like four, three, three or four ne- ma- quite mm. major Nisa. But he's had to work within a North American-inspired style as well. Yeah. You went all over the place with this one, but so did this match go all over the place. It did like a four-person double-down spot, like three minutes into the match. Yeah. And because of all that, there's no way I could give... When I saw that spot, I was like, there's no way I can give this five stars. Yeah. I think it's, again, this idea that Meltzer has this idea of objectivity and taking each match as it were and saying, whilst I don't necessarily enjoy this match, this is as good a match as high spot Lucha Libre in the 21st centuries. But, mm. again, I, that's not my understanding of a, per, of a five-star match. With five-star matches, I'm expecting some sort of level of perfection within what you're doing. Yeah. And this was not perfect. There were a couple of blown spots. It was all over the place. Like, I didn't feel an emotional connection. It was just a sight of spectacle. Even the crowd wants that. And that is fine for what that is. But it's mm. not what I look for more than anything. I like my tag team matches to be more like what FTR do. Yeah. Now, I w- again, I would like to see FDR try to instill their discipline of tag team wrestling as they see it to a Mexican wrestling match. And then not only is it they've got to cut off an opponent to stop them tagging in, they've got to stop their opponent from even just rolling to the outside Yeah. if they want to do a <laughs> work those sort of spots. So part of me wants to see them do a three-month run in AAAR and, and see how they mesh well with these, with other people. Well, yeah, but we're well, we're both very sceptical on that. In terms of would I give it five stars or not, as an athletic spectacle, it's insane. But if I was showing this to like someone, and they were like, so what is the story behind this? I'd be like, oh, there's a title belt, and they're going for it. Well, that can kind of work. It's this idea, like, this is more spectacle than anyone else. So I guess it's like, these are the four best, four of the best practitioners of this style. Yeah. That's why it's a title match. It's the best high-flying luchadors doing the best high-flying luchador moves but f- for me personally 
I like to see a little bit. I like to feel a little bit more with my wrestling. I like there to be a little bit more going on. Well, a little yeah. like X factor, that connective well, tissue. We don't know that so this might have been like three months worth of build. We don't know what. Yeah. We don't know the the backstories behind it. I don't think there is. But because of the style it is, I personally didn't feel like it was. It may well have been, but it's not. Using the art of like body language, which is all I can go off of on this, admittedly, like using the video that we used. To me, it is just an athletic spectacle. There's no, I I can't feel what's going behind it. Well, I think you I, see what if I'm you saying? want to give a good example of that as comparison, it would be Los Gringos Locos against El Hijo del Santo and uh, Octagon. Yeah, because they make it clear who hates who. What Los Gringos Locos embody as Rude... I mean, I don't know who the Rudos and the Technicos were in this match. Mm. at all, but when you watch Los Gringos Locos against uh, Santo and Octagon, you definitely know yeah. um, what what it is that they do and why it is that they're behaving the way they are with the stars and stripes on their tights and everything. But again, yeah. it's, it's not about the stories and it's not about the characters as much anymore. It, I guess it's about the characters insofar as they are cool. Mm. Like Pentagon, like Ray Phoenix, but it's not different characters meshing together and making something different from it. El Viking, El Hijo del Vikingo does have some fire and some passion, yeah. which helps because, again, he's not with the mask, so he can do more with his face. Convey face. more, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know if he can convey more, because who conveys more in wrestling right now than Pentagon? Okay, I take your point, I take your point. Like all right, like more expressive facially. You, you're right there. Mm. Sorry, I didn't ask you, Simon. Did you give this five stars? No, 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 I didn't. Okay, so that is another five star match. Will there be more? We've got some G1 climax matches to go before Meltzer gives his final opinion on the last few days of wrestling. There's been a lot of love for the Brian Danielson Minoru Suzuki match. I don't know if it will be five star love, but it was a lot of love for it. Hmm. And, well, don't forget we've got Crown Jewel. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, you never know. You kind of do, though. You kind of do, but wrestling is wrestling, and something can turn up left field. So whilst Vincent Van collects his 20 pieces of silver, we will be going back to Silver Screen Vision. The second instalment of Let Me Tell You Something Going to the Movies. Next episode... It will be us talking about the recent British wrestling film that was not a propaganda piece for the WWE, but instead a look back at the world of sport era of pro wrestling with a cast involving the likes of Stephen Graham and David Johns of I, Daniel Blake. It's Walk Like a Panther. Are you looking forward to this, Simon? Yeah, like anything with Stephen Graham in is usually good. I don't know. Venom 2. I haven't seen Venom 2. Oh, boy, it's an experience. It's not... I've not seen Venom 1, to be fair. It's... They are the... It's amongst the strangest franchises out there right now are the Venom films. Okay. There is no way that all the people that love Venom, because Venom's such a fucking badass, can be happy with what Venom is in these films. Mm. And that kind of makes me a bit happy. It's like, I can't say these films are good, but I also can't say I'm... I'm not having a good time watching them. Is Fair it? Enough. And not in a it's so bad it's good way either. It's just okay. kind of a how the fuck is this happening? <laughs> right, <laughs> I'm with you. 
Like, I don't really know what's why this is like happening, unfolding in front of me, but I'm just going to enjoy the ride kind yeah, of thing. kind of, I suppose. Okay, okay. But if you've enjoyed this ride and want to continue with us on other rides, and maybe through the ride that is social media, boy, can you make a sudden drop down on that thing. <laughs> Simon, how can they follow you? Uh, they can get in touch with me on Twitter, where I'm so known as Simon Cross Free, free for the number of masked participants in this match. My name's Lorcan Munn, and that's L-O-R-C-A-N-M-U-L-L-A for Alejandro, N for Nacho. That's my Twitter handle, Instagram, Facebook, Letterbox. If you put that gmail.com at the end of it, that's my email address. You can get in touch with the show at lmtyspod at gmail.com. LMTYSpod is also our Twitter and Facebook handles. And if you feel like throwing a few pesos into our theoretical ring in celebration of what we've just done and in thanks, then you can do so by going on our Patreon. That's patreon.com slash lmtyspod. But there's nothing left to say at this point except... My name's Lorcan Mullen. My name's Simon Cross. Muchas gracias for letting us tell you something, and have a Cinco Estrala time until the next time. Todos alguna vez nos topamos con gente fuera de lo normal De esos que solo ves por instantes Pero te hacen ver la realidad Conocí a un par A un poeta fuera de su tiempo Pero en su lugar Y un hermano menor Que decidió ver